So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance Okay. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing Season 10, Episode 9 of 90 Day Fiance. In this episode, Rob's friends don't get the whole story before coming after Sophie, Nikki and Igor add one to the total sex counter, Ashley and Manuel surprise us by quietly talking things over, Nick calls Devin Piggy in front of her family, and we meet Sam and Citra, whose dad is coming to the U.S. to stop any funny business. As always, we'll end with our students of the week, class dances, and life lessons. If you watch Love After Lockup, you should listen to our other podcast, Love After Lockup UK, where we're covering the current season of Life After Lockup. All right, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are you? I know you're sick. We can hear yeah, I'm it. Getting over, getting over my cold. Now, it was. It's a lot better to sound awful today, but it was a lot better than um. When last week when I had to work until like 10 because we had a field trip and I was oh, just feeling gosh. like chills and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's <laughs> the worst. worst. Yeah, that's that. So improvement, worst. improvement. Yeah. Any couples improve this week? Uh, no, they're all awful. <laughs> but let's I like it. There's supposed to be improvement for Sophie and Rob because I guess they're back together. Oh, so let's gosh. start with them. So Sophie and Rob start off uh, bowling and Rob can't lose because. I don't know. He's got her. He's making jokes about that. Like, I can't lose. I got you. I'm a winner. Oh, so they're meeting God. up with some friends, some of his friends, and it's not their first time bowling. So Rob is a big fan of Sophie's bowling because when she lets go of the ball, ball her butt jiggles a little bit. And so that's what he watches. So it's tricky for her to get shoes when she gets there because she has to convert to English sizes. She's like, wait, my I, I wear this in England. I don't know what these sizes are. 6.5. He was like, say six and a half. It's <laughs> weird. So before long... Uh, Rob's friends Ty and Torai are there. And in an interview, um, we see Sophie and Rob arguing over who's the better athlete. And like he Rob can just not let it go. He's like, no, 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 seriously, like, no, though I'm I beat her in all the sports. She's like, not tennis. He's like, fine, I don't play tennis, but no, seriously, don't don't let them say that a girl could beat me. Like, no, don't put that on TV. Uh. Anyway, so they play for a while, and before long, Torai is asking. Uh, asking Sophie about like, so what's up with you going through his phone? And she says, well, you know, that's not the whole story. I did find out that he was sexting other people like on Snapchat and like requesting things and sending things back. And Tariah's like, seriously, dude, you didn't tell me that part. And Rob's like, what am I supposed to just give all the details to everything? Yeah. If you're going to tell <laughs> a half-ass story, like, my God. He's like, dude, I was forming an unfair opinion based on what you were telling me. <laughs> but Rob doesn't feel like he needed to tell the whole story. Because he said, whatever, I told you I was wrong, so it's fine. Why do you need more details than that? So then Ty, he says he gets where Sophie is coming from about trust and forgiveness and not wanting to resent him before they get married. And Rob isn't happy at all because it's like people are just like, you know, that are like, like sharks in the water around me. All the people that I lied to all seem like they're out to get me for some reason. So he's starting to feel like all the nothing that he's tried to get Sophie back is just not enough. Is it ever going to be enough? I've been trying for like two days, man. And she hasn't forgiven me yet. I just don't know if it's ever going to work. So later on, uh, we see Sophie FaceTiming her friend Maya on the computer. So she says she loves it, America, so far, but wants some advice on how to deal with Rob behavior. So Maya's pretty surprised about what she hears and doesn't think that Sophie should trust him. Like, at all, for any reason, no circumstances. She's like, like, how are you going to feel during your wedding day? Like, if you can't trust him. So Sophie says... 
that he's trying to make it up, but Maya's like, eh, not great still. So Maya brings up then another problem that Sophie hasn't yet told Rob that she's bisexual, which is something else that she, uh, she sees the reaction. She needs to see the reaction to sooner rather than later. But now that she's worried, he's going to use this against her kind of like, well, you were keeping a secret from me. So everything I did is okay. Like they were done. So next up we see them get her going to go ring shopping. But before they go, Sophie wants to tell Rob that she's bisexual. So he comes in and plops on the bed and says he can't, that they can't go too expensive with the ring, but because they're on a budget and she's like, oh, okay, well then how, how much can we go? And he's like, don't worry about it. And I was like, you literally just, just told me budget. I had to worry about it. <laughs> Stupid. I hate this guy. So now I guess he's like, well, you just have to like ask me and I'll tell you if it's, if it works. Like she has to guess and check. Like you don't even know what store to go into if you don't. Oh, it's, ah. So then they go to leave and um, instead of leaving, she says, well, I need to tell you something. And then freaks out about like, can't say it, can't get it out, freaks out, goes outside. So he comes out to try to figure out what's going on. And she's having super, super big anxiety about it. But now he is freaking out because he knows there's something he doesn't know. And now she like, now he has to know. So then she says it like really super quickly, like, because she doesn't want to have to say it again. She's just like, I'm bye. Like, and he makes a dumb, confused face. And he's like, I, I just don't even know what to say about that. Um, and so I guess my question on this whole revelation is if we're assuming that these two are going to get married yeah. and stay committed to each other yeah. monogamously, what the shit difference does it make if it she's bi? It doesn't make any difference. I made that exact same point to my partner when I was watching this with him last night. <laughs> I said something like, it doesn't matter. They're supposed to be exclusive. Like uh, to me, you know, okay, who cares if you're bi? To me, it's the same as being straight. You're if you're going to let temptation come in. To me, it would be a bigger deal if she said like, "Oh, I believe in open relationships," or "I believe in polyamorous relationships." Now this sure. affects your relationship, right? Because or if you were, if she was like, "I'm bi and I'd like to explore that." like the sexuality right. with women. Okay, well, now we're talking about something different. Yeah, like, but, but she was pretty clear that, you know, no, it's just you. Like, that's fine. Like, <laughs> I, I honestly don't see how this is a problem in any way, except for, as you were saying, like the exploring, because, you know, if she was saying, if she was saying like, oh, you know, I want to be with a man and a woman like and have but that's once again like kind of a polyamorous like situation where you're saying that in order to be complete you need to have both sexes in your sexual you know repertoire you know like mm -hmm. so i it doesn't i don't understand why this is a big deal i understand her being anxious about being accepted for being bi but how in this in any way has anything to do with like their relationship or relationship status? Rob, like I mean, I was like, there's two things that can go wrong with when she tells him mm -hmm. Rob, right? Either being, and neither of them are. Oh, I hate you. Like, even going on, like, oh, I won't accept that you're bi. I can't right. accept that. I can't accept that my exclusive partner likes women, likes to look at women too, mm -hmm. because, or I know that she's looking. I don't know, know what it was. Like, I, I, do to be fair, some people are jealous enough that they don't like the idea that their partner finds anybody else attractive, which mm -hmm. is bonkers. Right? Yeah. That's like, you can't stop finding people attractive. That's right. not a thing people can do. Um, but like, if I was her, I'd be worried about one of two reactions. One is that, like I said in the thing, like that it's going to be like, you know, oh, 
oh, there's a secret. Oh, that's great because now we're even. Yes, exactly. That's how I saw it too. And what I thought was kind of interesting is just this idea that she was making such a big deal out of it. And I feel like this has been a life lesson before. It's only as big of a deal as you make it. And she's already Mm -hmm. making this into such a big deal, like saying that she's having such anxiety over it. And he is going to 100% play off of that, especially since right now he's in the doghouse. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's not a big deal. But because he sees her making a big deal, he's like, ah, I know what to do. This is like she's now done something wrong because she feels like she's done something wrong. So this levels the playing field because now we're both in the wrong. Right. And then, of course, the other bad reaction from Rob is, yes, endless three threesomes. That's what we get out of this. That's what that's what bye bye means. Bye means threesomes. Let's go. Like. Yeah, but once again, like, it shouldn't mean threesomes, but if you're, like, married, it still means you're exclusive. But she never said, by and wanting to include others. She never said anything about being polyamorous. And that's the only way it would affect him, is that yeah. she also... And polyamorous is pretty independent of being bi. Yeah. You don't have to be bi to be polyamorous. Right. You don't have to be, you know, and so it, that's one thing that I... that the, by, the few bi people that I know tend to get like upset about is there is that stereotype that like oh bi means you want to have both men and women at the same time mm-hmm. or you always want to have men and women in your life and that's just like it's weird it's just i don't know why we jump to that because it's like you don't be like oh i'm straight you know you're a straight woman it's like oh so you just want more penises and it's like no the one is fine i'm cool yeah. with the one you're like oh so you need more it's like no i don't like i'm that's what being straight, you know, and so how is being bi any different than that? It's it's Well, not. I think a part of that kind of stems from like representatives of the people like in those communities, right? And I say representatives because it's like kind of like the vocal minority, right? And those ones that are usually pretty open about their lifestyle tend to have multiple identities like that. Like they identify with being uh, by they identify with, uh, you know, being in open relationships. And so if people don't have a lot of experience with other people in the LGBT community, they might just automatically associate, you know, being open as being truly open in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to our new couple of uh, the season, which is uh, Sam and Citra. Sam is 30 from Cameron, Missouri, and we see him waking up in his car at a gas station. He's been sleeping in his car because he's been pulling double shifts and because the commute is over an hour long, it just doesn't make sense for him to drive home. He works as a warehouse stalker and isn't uh, and he says it's not his ideal job, but he really doesn't have much of a choice because he's actually a ex-con. When he was 15, he was addicted to pain pills, which he described his experience as being cold and numb. He says there is a a dirty, ugly world of addiction. He did get sober at 20, and even though it's been 10 years, he's had instances of relapse. He says it's important that he stays clean now because his fiance Citra, will be coming to the U.S. soon. Citra is 26 and from Indonesia. She is a kind and calm person. They met on an online dating app three years ago. Citra was the one to reach out first. Sam has what she likes, a big booty. He told Citra about his drug past, and she was accepting and believes in him. After talking for two years, they met face-to-face in Indonesia. Sam says it was the best trip of his life, and he proposed, only he just got down on a knee without a ring. 
In West Java, we meet Citra, and she says that she was most attracted to his baby face. She is with her sisters, Nanda and Nafa, and they are giving their impressions of Americans, which is that they drink a lot of soda and alcohol. She tells mm. us that their mom passed away two years ago. So since then, they are all very close. They are all Muslim, and she is serious about her religion, so she has asked Sam to convert to uh, Islam. Uh, Citra says that if he doesn't take it seriously, her family will want her to come back. Back at home, Sam is living with his dad. His dad really believes in aliens, and his dad is waiting for the aliens to pick him up. Sam grew up religious, but he claims that he's seen a UFO, and he also says that he's atheist now. Sam thinks that converting is going to be difficult, especially when he thinks about the logistics of their religion, like fasting during Ramadan and not being able to drink. Citra video calls Sam to remind him that her dad will be arriving a couple days after she arrives. Her dad, Herman, is a police officer, and uh, he's kind of worried that they'll have premarital sex, which is the reason why he feels the need to have to chaperone them all the time. Sam says that it took the fear of her dad to keep him honest when he was visiting. Citra says that they will have to get married before her dad leaves. Sam is stressed because he has to prove that he's converted, which I don't know how you prove that exactly, and plan a wedding in a shorter amount of time with this new plan. All right. How do you prove that you're converted? I mean, I'm sure there's some sort of ceremony when you convert. Like a baptism or something? Yeah, I don't I don't know what the Islam equivalent of a baptism is, but yeah, like I imagine there's some I feel like we've seen people do it, haven't we? No, haven't have we? Uh I think uh Eve and Muhammad. I think didn't Eve go to mm. class or something? Yeah, she had to, he took her to mosque and she did something. Like I was thinking Avery and and what's his name? Um the other one, but she was already converted. Yeah. She was already practicing when they went over there. Um so yeah, I don't I don't know how he's going to prove, and I'm assuming they might have 90 days, because aren't, like, travel visas often 90 days? But I, I I doubt her dad can stay for all the 90 days, which is probably why they're trying to get their wedding in a shorter amount of time. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't know. How do you prove in 30 days or 60 days that you've converted and that you're really serious about this religion yeah it's converting is is a part there's i'm sure there's some documentation that you've converted and mm-hmm. registered with the mosque or something like that right like i know that like yeah, i'm i grew up catholic so i know how the catholics do it right there's literally a file in the church you were baptized in okay. that they keep updated that has like your baptism and then when you have a first communion somewhere they send it to the church you were baptized in and they keep it there um and then they it's a, it's a whole thing uh, yeah, yeah, confirmation as well but like so I'm sure there's some sort of record keeping, mm-hmm. right? So I know you can prove that you actually went through the technical part. How you prove that you're devout in two weeks, that seems much more difficult. And it also seems much more difficult to me. Like, it doesn't seem like a religion that they just let you convert to. Yeah. Like, don't you have to, like, learn Arabic and shit? Like, uh, you have to learn all the prayers, right? I don't know if that's 100% true. because, uh, And that's a good question, too, because uh, she's Indonesian, so does that mean she knows the prayers in a different language? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it does. So Indonesia is actually has the highest population of Muslims in the world. Oh, interesting. For any country. Okay. Yeah. It's it's a majority Muslim country. Um, and it's also like the fourth biggest country in the world. It's like right after the US in terms of population. Yeah. Um, so 
so I wasn't, I was like, wasn't shocked to hear that she was Muslim. Yeah. I and wasn't I think either. They do that. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, it's similar to, um, you know, like Jewish people in the States where there's like, Oh, there's certain prayers you have to know in Hebrew and uh-huh. things like that. And like, and, and, um, and, and so there's like a, a certain amount of Arabic that, you know, for your prayers and stuff, but I don't know that, you know, how it work, how what they mean. I'm sure you do, but like, you don't do it in your native language, but yeah, I, 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 I don't know. It's really hard to prove that you're devout in, in two weeks, let alone all the other things that he's supposed to prove at the same time when dad just comes over. And especially because you don't share a language with the man, yeah, right? Like there's going to be translation issues and stuff. That could be very, <laughs> very tough situation, especially because like, where's he, where's dad going to stay? I don't know. Maybe all at Sam's dad's house, which all. Oh, oh. So Sam, Sam's dad who believes in aliens. I know. That I dad. was going to say, what a <laughs> odd couple, right? Like that's going to be this show is like the dads. Like you can't yeah. get more opposite people in the same household. Yes. The devout Muslim, no premarital sex. I will watch you to make sure you don't. I will sit in the corner in the bedroom to make sure you don't mess around. Right. Versus like, I'm just chilling out to the. I'm just chilling out to the UFO and comes and picks me right, up, man. Like, right. whatever. <laughs> Probably believes in ancient aliens. Yeah. Ah, oh, crazy. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it definitely has, yes. We So, we have, you know, closet mom with, with um, what's his face? Um, Clayton. And so, now we have, you know, alien dad and, oh, gosh. like, intimidating dad with the same et cetera. So, right. we'll see how that goes. I mean, he seems like he's going to try, but I also kind of feel like, uh, I don't know, like, as far as what goes to me, religion is like, you can't, I feel that it's disrespectful for, to a religion to pretend. Like, I don't think he's actually going to believe any of the stuff. He's just going to oh, pretend he that he definitely does. doesn't believe. I mean, he believes in UFOs. Like he's just doing it for her, which, yeah, I, I also agree. I have, I have issues with that, but yeah. we'll, we'll see how it goes farther on. As somebody who might've done a better time pretending and, you know, going, going along to get along is Nick and Devin. So Nick and Devin are getting uh, out of a hotel room in Memphis, and they're going to embark on a two-hour drive back to Searcy. So Nick thinks that uh, Devin's parents are nice, but he's worried about moving into a foreign stranger's house, which Devin is like, yeah, I get that. So they cross the bridge into Arkansas over the Mississippi River and say goodbye to all the tall buildings and hello to all the alligator creeks. So he says that when he thinks of America, he thinks of big cities like New York, and this is not like that. (laughs) But at least the house is really big. Well, it seems big only until we find out that it's not just the parents and Devin and uh, Nick living there, but also two more sisters and a brother. So seven people all together now living in the house. So um, Nick is worried about how they're ever going to get privacy in this place. So when they get to the bedroom, uh, he get he has her get the stuffed piggy out of the of her of her bag and she throws it at his head. The next morning, she shows him around Cersei. So. They see the highlights, an alley with murals in it, a building that says White County. And she's like, it doesn't mean white like the race. It's not like White County like that. And he's well. like, yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> because following that is a statue of a Confederate soldier. And he's like, What's that? Um, the ones who fought for the slaves? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> so Devin's, Devin's a little worried because that's the kind of place that this is. And there's a lot of locals around who don't get out much and kind of like appreciate their way of life. And She's worried that, you know, he he might get some, get in some, you know, might not be feel so welcome. So Nick isn't sure he'll be welcome just because of the base level of whiteness of the town, but also because he's heard a lot about an increase in anti-Asian racism, especially after COVID. 
So the next scene, uh, family friends, Kevin and Michelle are over for a fish fry. So things are going okay with Nick living there so far, but it's only been a couple of days. So he's not really used to hanging out with like the large group of white people. He's like, even when I lived in Australia, my friends were all Korean, <laughs> but they start at the deep fryer and he, you know, does that fine. And once all the fish are cooked, they sit down to eat and talk. The neighbor, Michelle, who I, I'm pretty sure had a huge wad of like snuff, like in her lip the whole time they were <laughs> talking. Like that's why her lip was sticking so far out. Um, asks what Koreans think about Americans and he doesn't really hold back. And he's like, I don't know, greasy food, being fat. And that's it. As if, uh, which also like, like they don't have greasy food in, in Korea. Like, right. Uh, <laughs> hey, they're home of the double fried chicken. Just saying. They fry their chicken twice. Yeah. Like, it's delicious, <laughs> it's but come so on. <laughs> um, now, granted, they did steal that from Americans, but. <laughs> Not the double frying. Not the double fried, right. but the idea of like the fried chicken. Oh, sure, they were sure. like, yeah. Um, anyway, so he says. Um, he doesn't think that way, but it's a popular opinion. So dad suggests that maybe, I don't know, maybe the greasy food is just because people are. Uh, so Devin suggests that it's just, oh, it's because in America it's weird because greasy, bad for you, junk food is less expensive than than healthy food. And dad is like, I don't know, maybe people are just lazy and they get food. And Nick's like, well, yeah, that scans because Devin's lazy and she always gets fast food. Oh, God. No wonder you're a piggy. And then tries to grab at her belly fat in front of everyone. Whoa. Yes, it's super awkward. Yeah. Everybody just gets really quiet. And we see her dad being like, oh, that's not cool. He should say nice things to her. So Devin says in an interview, the piggy, the piggy nickname is a fight that they've had for a long time and she's given up on. So when all the younger generation of people get up to clean things up, the neighbors want to talk about this whole, did your daughter's boyfriend just call her a pig in front of everybody because that's that's gross and uh they and also how they don't know that they could do this like if their daughter uh, in 1980s just in enough time kind of thing right. to know him the person that's going to marry your daughter so kevin says that well you know you're i think you're kind of right i'm gonna need to have a hard talk with nick about how what i expect him to treat from treat from devin okay so he's playing dumb but he's been told yeah. Many, many times. And it just seems so crazy to me that it's like she said, oh, this is an argument that I've given up on. So it seems to me that she's told him multiple times. I don't understand why he's not getting it. Mm -hmm. Don't call me that. Right. End of story. I don't understand what, why why the conversation is going farther than that. Yeah. I don't like when you call me that. Stop. Yeah. It should never happen again. Like I completely do not understand it. Like this whole thing just looked so disgusting and he just seemed so like proud of himself as he was having this conversation and i just i don't understand how he doesn't understand and i get that there are cultural differences but the reason why i say i don't understand why he doesn't understand is because he seemed to be incredibly like conscious of the fact that there are going to be cultural differences and he's right. said as much in some of his interviews you know like oh i'm gonna have to get used to the culture and it's like she has already told you that in America, this is what it means. And it's like, I don't understand how she can tell you that. And you're not getting that. All right. Even though I don't see it that way, other people will. Right. When especially, yeah, I think you're exactly right. When he's like, I'm worried I won't fit in. I'm yeah. worried people won't understand me because I'm Asian. And he takes the one thing he does, has been told repeatedly about American culture. Right. And just 
stomps all over that norm in front of everybody. Yeah. Right. It's like, yeah, I don't, it, it's, it's, it's a bizarre move. Right. And it does seem very uncharacteristic of him based on the interviews that we've had with him and just seems so odd. Like, why are you doubling down on this? Yeah, it is. It just, it, and it, I mean, that just seems like a power move. Like, even though I know this is going to piss everybody off, yeah. I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it at them. I'm going to control the situation. It was very bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on to Igor and Nikki. So Igor and Nikki are taking a trip to a winery where Nikki is hoping to be romanced. And Igor says if she behaves, they will have sex for a second time. Justin is armed with a bottle of wine and asks if Nikki wants to get drunk today. And she says, yes, they make a toast to a new beginning. Nikki can't believe that they are together. Igor jokes that Nikki is getting better looking with more wine as Nikki straddles him. Nikki suggests that they have sex after dinner and says that it's been a week since the last time they have have had sex. He says, of course, he wants to try, but whenever he fights with Nikki, it's hard for him to get in the right mindset. Later, they are learning how to make placenta. Uh, Igor tells us that they had sex the night before and production trolls them by putting up <laughs> a total sex counter on the screen and they change it from one to two. They are complaining about Nikki texting uh, with her long nails, but Igor uh, also playing his games on his phone. Uh, Igor points out that Nikki doesn't cook or clean and he says that in Moldova, women cook and clean and he says that that's the woman you want to make love to. Igor asks her how the sex was, and Nikki says that they didn't have sex right when they got into bed, but then Igor woke her up at 3 a.m. Nikki thinks it was kind of selfish, and she didn't think it was special. She's wondering if his lack of intimacy has to do with her being trans, and he finally tells her that uh, initiating sex gives him man vibes, which she kind of laughs at, but then says that she <clears throat> hates him. He tells her that the masculine energy is a turnoff. Nikki asks for more, like having the fact that he's engaged on social media. Uh, yeah, so like announcing their status. And Igor says there's no going back after posting on social media. Nikki says that social media can be the demise of any relationship and believes that they should be on each other's page. Nikki doesn't want to be anyone's secret. Igor then goes on Facebook and changes his status to engaged. Later, they go wine tasting. Nikki claims she has never done a wine tasting before, which I find really hard to believe. Yeah, I don't believe that either. Yeah. Uh, the server, Rohan, notices their age difference first. Rohan says it's normal for people to get tipsy, and by the seventh wine, people aren't really listening to him. Nikki is just making dirty comments. And by the way, it's only the three of them. So Rohan says it's too much information. He's like looking around like mm. this is super awkward. And she continues to make dirty comments. And Rohan is just like uncomfortable. He calls wine the liquid lubricant. The next day, Nikki feels hungover. She says her mind and body need a rest. And she struggles to get up this hill they're walking as Igor is behind her pushing her along. They are at breakfast and Nikki is questioning the meat and Igor translation. This must be a translation thing says it's mouse meat, but yeah. his English not so great. Igor then talks about the sex two nights ago. It ends up and Igor says he wants to have it when he wants to have it, too, which is why it's at 3 a.m. 
and he just doesn't want to feel like he's being pushed. Nikki says that maybe they should just be friends. Igor describes a friends with benefits, and then Nikki then asks if he has any friends with benefits, but aggressively. So Igor says that he can feel the bitch vibes coming. Nikki then asks point blank if he slept with anyone since they've been talking, and he says that since he gave her the ring in August, he hasn't had sex mm-hmm. with anyone else, which Nikki is mad about because she actually applied for the visa in June. Igor then says that it's better than masturbating, which- I don't know what he meant. I could not figure out why he said that. Having sex with someone else is better than masturbating, and then he laughs about that. Nikki says that- uh, he knew he wasn't being faithful, but Igor says it's in the past. And Nikki says that that's unacceptable. All right. So do you think they had a conversation about being exclusive if she was applying for this visa? I yeah, That's one of those things. I know you're not supposed to assume in relationships, but I assumed if I was applying for the fiance visa yeah. for you that we were exclusive. <laughs> yeah, but then I was also confused too because they applied for the fiance visa before they met up in Mexico. So they had mm-hmm. only been talking at this point. And this is also before he proposed. So like, I just, to me, this relationship either seems like staged mm-hmm. or, sure. you know, because why would you apply for a visa before you've seen this person in real life? And she has... And quite honestly, legitimate concerns about their physical relationship since she, you know, she hasn't seen him since he's found out. And she Mm -hmm. applies for this visa before she sees where their physical relationship is. Like, it just seems like, I don't know, that this is just staged. Yeah. The timing of it is just too fake. It is very, it is very weird timing. Mm -hmm. I'll give you that. Because... It also, but yeah, it also implies like, I don't know. It just, it's always, I, I was, I was really thrown off by this, by the end of the conversation. Cause I was very confused at how things went because I thought he was saying, oh, here in Moldova, we have term, we have a term for that. We have a term for having friends that you have sex with. Uh, what's the, t- uh, we have a, we have, we have that. But he said, we have that. We yeah. have that. Right. As in like, oh no, we understand the, we understand friends with benefits. We understand right. fuck buddies. Like we, we have a phrase for that. And she's like, oh, you have that, do you? And I thought it, I thought he's going to be like, no, we have it generically in Moldova, not that I have that. Sure. But then he was like, oh, yeah, of course I did. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. And then like, like I was shocked that it became uncovered like that because I literally thought that it was a completely different conversation he was having. Right. That he then like almost immediately was like, oh, yeah, I had one like in July. Like I had a friend that I was, I was, bang- right. I was blinking. Like, and it went very like different very quickly and then the weird masturbating comment like was he saying it is it's it's better for nikki and no it's got to be better for him having sex with someone is better than masturbating okay which yes but <laughs> right. like but why would you if your partner was upset about you having sex with somebody else why would be like oh my god why would you do that i was like oh it's better than jerking off like what kind of excuse is that why would you even say it's that it's so bizarre yeah i don't know I don't I don't think he has any kind of justification for what he said. And, you know, it does make me wonder a little bit if some of this is lost in translation, but it doesn't seem like it because, you know, her line of questioning did get kind of specific about like, when was the last time something like this happened? Yes. I, yeah. And, and, and he was kind of nasty this whole time. Mm-hmm. Like he is 
almost um he's almost negging her this whole mm -hmm. time right like he was like they had the wine he was like oh you get hotter with every wine that i drink yeah like, gross right yeah and then and then and then there was that part where they were eating and he was like uh she was like why haven't we had as much sex and he was like because you remind me of a man yeah. which is like really that's what you're gonna say to your trans partner right he's like uh you just like are a dude and uh you're too much like a dude like that is awful thing to say to, mm -hmm. to her like there's got to be a way oh it's their aggression turns me off or you know it's too much passion something there's got to be a way to phrase it that isn't just like you're a man uh and it's because you're like man vibes yeah like, oh that's awful like he just was awful to her the entire time and i thought it was gonna be and this like, took a weird took that weird turn I've, i'm not sure what's going on but yes i agree with you that like from her her perspective what are you doing? Why are you applying for a visa before you met this guy? Yeah. Again? yeah. Just, yeah. Everything about like their situation is getting odd, which is why I don't think we're going to really make it out of Moldova. No, we're not making it out of Moldova. Yeah. No, I would, you know what I was confused by? Why the wine tasting guy who had to sit there through all their nasty ass drunken <laughs> comments Sounded like an American. Like he was he just like did. no Moldovan accent at all. Like nothing. Right. He did. But then it sounded like some of the things he said sound like he had some kind of accent, but it wasn't like any English speaking accent, you know, like it wasn't British or Australian. Yeah, or anything but it was like a, that. it was a very but it was very subtle. It was a, it was yes, a super it was. very close to American accent. Yes, very much so. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, I was like, where is this guy coming from? This is what these are the things I want to know. Where are you from, man? How did you learn to speak English like this? Why do you have this job where you have to deal with Nikki's like just perverseness the entire time? Oh, I, 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 I did appreciate that he's like, listen, I'm at a winery. I'm a, I, I'm a sommelier. I know all these things about wines, but people just come here to get trashed, man. Like, yeah. All right. So speaking of garbage, we have garbage plates in the next one. So oh, gosh. we pick up where Ashley and Manuel were fighting at their double date. And he's walked out. So he says that she's just too used. She says that he's just too used to getting his way and even tells her friends that his favorite phrase to talk to say to her is you're talking too much. So her friend Alyssa advises her not to chase after him. And um, Sally, her, her the other friend, says that uh, this just confirms that he's just a big man child. So for his part, Manuel says that it's too hard to talk about these kind of things with people who have always had everything. They don't understand the hard life that he's coming from. So she gets home to find him watching soccer on his phone and just trying to ignore her. So she wants to, she wants to understand why he's always running away from things. And he says he doesn't like that she was sharing all this personal stuff about his life with her friends. And that wasn't her business to share, like about how his family is struggling and sending him money. That's your, you can talk about your life, but not mine. But she says that now that they're getting married, it's our life. So he, so he's like, yeah, that's right. It is our life, which means it's your friends, mom and dad, brothers and sisters. None of them should know about any of it. It's ours. Like, don't talk to anybody about this stuff. So Ashley says she was hopeful he would apologize for being a dick, but of course he didn't. So how can someone like this be a part of her life? She just doesn't know what to do. Like, I feel like there's an, I don't know what to think. She just, I hate when they list all the, the reasons to break up and then they're like, we should break up because he sucks and he's mean to me and he, but I don't know what to do. Like, so anyway, later on, Ashley is making fun of the t-shirt that um, Manuel has hung out to dry on a, a tree, just a hanger on a tree. And he's like, that's what we do in Ecuador. And she says he's taking him to a very popular food place. So 
she says they only have two options right now. They can either wave the white flag or push forward. And what she wants to do is the other one, which is push forward. Um, so he's, she's treating him to his very first garbage plate, even though she knows it's probably going to give him like terrible diarrhea. <laughs> like, Maybe that's like, I don't know, her plan, right? She's like yeah. getting back at him in these little ways. So, well, it's, it's funny because it's, oh, we get there. So the girl in the store explains what's on the garbage plate. It's like potatoes with like random meat and sauces on it. Uh, and he agrees to eat it, even though American food keeps sending him to the bathroom. So he knows what he's getting into. Like he knows where this is ending. Uh, he wishes he had uh, more of his like Ecuadorian food, like fish stew or ceviche. So in fact, um, that's the kind of food he wants at his wedding, specifically ceviche, which is going to be in Florida. So she starts getting on Google to pretend like she doesn't have like all this stuff planned out because she tells us in an interview like, oh, no, I've been doing this for months. I, I, I've had this wedding in mind forever. I'm the kind of person who plans it all. So she starts looking for plane tickets, which she finds at first for 250 round trip. And he's like, wait, what? That's a lot of money. He says in Ecuador for $2,000, you can have a, like a huge wedding for like 100 people. No problem. Like extravagant for that much. But it's a big day. So she says, you know, we're willing to go into debt for this, which, oh, my God. I know, oh right? God. So he makes a stank face over the taxes and fees when she finally, like, she has the $250 plane tickets. And then, of course, we all know as Americans, when you click buy, it's never, it's not $500 for the two tickets now. <laughs> it's going to be like, you know, $650 or something ridiculous like that. Um, and he's like, what? What is this? Why does everything cost more than you say it costs? Um and he's starting to get frustrated. Uh, she's starting to get frustrated. That he's always complaining about how much things cost. It always seems like this stuff. And it, it, she kind of is thinking, kind of getting on his side. Like everything they buy could just be money that they send to his family that's in need. That's the way he feels. And then she's kind of like, ah, maybe we should be doing that. So Ashley's swimming in water. She's never swam in before, which as much as I can tell, just means feeling guilty. So then- Ashley takes Manuel to the beach, which she calls a beach, but he doesn't buy that it's a beach because he's. she was like, he's like, oh, that's salt water. She's like, no, it's fresh water. He's like, that's not a beach then. What are you talking about? <laughs> so she says they're at one of the Finger Lakes, even though later she says they're at Lake Ontario, which is not one of the Finger Lakes. I don't know how you live in upstate New York and you don't know the difference between <laughs> the Finger Lakes and Lake Ontario. All right. um, but anyway, um, they're, at, they're at Lake Ontario. Let's put it that way. Um, and he jokes about it not being the ocean, but it seems pretty happy to get his feet in the water. So she knows there are things that they're not going to be able to have resolved by wedding day, by the wedding day. Uh, and then one of the things she mentions as things they won't be able to have resolved by wedding day is having the wedding she's dreaming of, which by definition has to be dealt with before the <laughs> wedding day. I was very confused. So then she changes her story. Like I said, she said they're in Lake Ontario. And to him, that's by, by far the favorite place he's been in the U.S., so now that he's in his like happy place next to the water, mm -hmm. he just needed water. That was what the man needed. Uh, he's actually, he's able to like talk things calmly through. Uh, so, uh, he, so he says that, um, you know, life in Ecuador is so much harder than it is here. And it's hard for him to see her spend money on things that he thinks are frivolous only to freak out when he needs money to send to his family. Right. So he says that he's stressed because the wedding in Florida is just simply too much money. And it's uh, frustrating because she's in the position, uh, he is in the position now of needing help from Ashley since he can't work. 
And as for his whole life, he's kind of been the person that people turn to for help. He's the provider. He's the one that worked, got the money. So, um, and he also kind of tells her again, but in a more calm way this way, that, you know, part of the package of Manuel is all the people that come with me, my family, the people I need to support. So she suggests that maybe they'll start by sending about $100 now. And then after the wedding, they can discuss, you know, how much they can send on a regular basis. So they both kind of think that's a at least good stopgap solution. And then they go into the water where he just like lays down and like <laughs> enjoys the water lapping over him. All right. So, I mean, I feel like he didn't, it's, it's crazy how he didn't really say anything different than he said before. Mm-hmm. Right. But when he was at the water, it came off as so much more reasonable oh, and like yeah. so much better. Like, like it was completely understandable. And like, it, it's just a matter. It's just crazy how much tone and like attitude can affect right. everybody's conversation especially because before it was like he was saying the same thing but it was certainly in a way that was like end of conversation you know what i say goes i don't know why you're arguing with me i don't want to hear what you have to say shut up you know whereas when they were at the lake it was more so like listen Here's where I'm coming from. And then, you know, because his attitude is a little bit more open, I think it's easier to have more empathy and sympathy in his situation and to want to be in Ashley's position to want to reach some kind of resolution. You know, it's 100 percent his attitude because I kind of felt like more like, oh, you know, like. Right. What you said, he, he what he's saying is reasonable. And I n- never said what he was was unreasonable before. It was just like he was just a massive jerk. And then mm-hmm. also the other thing is, too, you get a little bit more understanding like, oh, the reason why he gets on her for all these things is because he feels guilty about not sending money to his family. Whereas before, it just seems like he's just being judgy and critical of how she lives her life. Yeah, but I mean, the, the part of part of that, the other part that goes into that too, is the more I learn about how she lives her life, <laughs> the more I am judging and critical about how she lives her life. Like, yeah. It's like, and, and just that the fact that she was like, well, I'm willing to go into any amount of debt to have the wedding that I want. I'm oh, like, oh God. God, no. I know. Oh God, no, no. Like bad, bad choices, bad right. choices. Like, and then it made me actually go back and think about other things. Like, the phone situation where he came across as such a dick because she mm-hmm. bought him a new phone. And he was like, what the fuck? Where, okay, now if we look at that in a different light, right? He said, hey, my, I need my phone to work. Yeah. Like, let's figure that out. And she buys a new phone online. He was like, I needed a SIM card. Why the fuck did you buy a whole new phone? Right. Like, what are you doing? What are you spending your money on? Yeah. Right? And th- th- if, it, if it's a conversation about that, like, I would kind of be like that too. If I'm like, oh, could we get a SIM card for my phone? And they're like, I bought you a new phone. I'd be like, why did you buy me a new phone? Right. But yeah. And that's kind of going back to the attitude, right? Like if he had just said from the very beginning what the issue was, you know, Mm -hmm. um, okay, we could have spent this money on something else like the wedding. Like all I needed was a SIM card. Like, can we please undo this? Right. Right. Instead of just take it back. I don't want it. I refuse yes. to use the phone that you have given me. <laughs> yes, you're going to sound ungrateful. Because yeah. and because the way, and especially if we think about, you know, thinking back, I know that this uh, argument happened a few episodes ago. But he was arguing that it kind of made it sound like he wanted it now. 
The fact mm-hmm. that the internet wasn't happening right now is the reason why he doesn't want the new phone that's in two days. Right, right. And I, I, I kind of question that now. Yeah. Like, was it more about why are we spending money on a new phone? Mm-hmm. Why are we spending? And a lot of it is, and because I agree with most of it. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't have shit to run together. We don't have enough money to send to my family. And you want to go to Florida for a wedding? Yeah. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Like, we don't have the money for that. And she's like, well, we can't, I insist because it's my dream and I must manifest my dreams. And it's that, that kind oh, of attitude gosh. also drives me insane. <laughs> yeah, for sure. People who think they deserve their dreams just because it's their dream. Like, that's not how the world works. Right, right. Um, okay, so we didn't hear from Gino and Jasmine, which kind Surprisingly. Yes. That's which, the first time like in a, forever. Right. Um, and Clayton and Annalie. And it kind of made me wonder a little bit. It's like, ooh, is Gino and Jasmine coming to an end? But you know that this couple is just going to get married and figure it out later. Like, they're going to be the Colt and Larissa, right? Where it's like, this couple clearly shouldn't be together. They're going to get married and then, you know, get divorced like six months. I don't think they're going to get divorced. I think they're going to stay married. I think she's going to threaten divorce every day of that marriage and it never happens. Yeah, maybe. (sighs) I mean... I don't know at what point is it no longer about you, but about your family, right? Because one of the things is that she wants her sons to come to America and it's like living with this dude. So she's got to get, she's got to get to green card. Yeah. All right. Uh, So out of this group, uh, who would you say is your student of the week? I I went with Sophie Mm -hmm. just because she was pretty cool about the friends being like, oh, well, he didn't tell you this part, did he? And she, they were like, oh, dude, no. And then, you know, it takes some bravery to come out no matter how, when it happens. Right. I agree. I went with Sophie as well. But that was more so because she did the least objectionable things of everyone in this episode. Also true. Uh, so many candidates for dunce. Who is your dunce? I said Igor, um, which I don't know if you noticed when she got really pissed at him, she called him Igor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But probably <laughs> because it's like an ugly name to her and so yeah makes sense I could that makes see. sense yeah but like the way he was teasing her all the whole time about the sex that he mm-hmm. knows he wanted you call your tr- you can't call your trans partner a man you can't tell your trans girlfriend a man yeah and you can't and then whatever sketchy cheating stuff he was doing and was like haha well it feels better than masturbating what the hell man yeah um many levels yes uh igor definitely high in contender but i feel like we need to a little get a little bit more information on exactly the cheating stuff uh but i actually went with nick um even if his uh conversation was well-intentioned it did not come off well and the fact that Devin has had conversations with him about this and he's choosing to ignore it and because he's the one who thinks piggy is cute like get out of here yeah yeah Yeah, no i agree but that that leads into my life lesson Mm -hmm. because my life lesson was even if it's an appropriate non-offensive pet name don't call your partner a pet name in front of like new people. That's weird. Yeah. It just weirds everybody out. Like, like you know, even if it's Honey Bunny or whatever it is, right? Uh-huh. Like, it's like if there's new people that you're meeting, oh, hi, my fiance's parents' friends. No, oh, do you like my Honey Bunny? Like, that's so weird to me. Just <laughs> that pet names are for the two of you alone times. Yeah. Right. Uh, my life lesson, uh, I think we kind of touched on it already, is you should never go into debt for a wedding. I mean, that's no, just- absolutely it's, not. It's a bad way to kind of start off your relationship. Um, you know, and it's one of those things where 
I get that people are like, oh, well, it's, you know, like, I want to remember this day forever. It doesn't matter what or where you do it. You will always remember that day forever. And if you want the big Mm -hmm. party, just, you know, save up some money, renew your vows later, you know? And because I can say, like, my current partner, his ex-wife, they went into some debt to pay for their wedding and they never, like – emotionally recovered from that situation. No, because that's like, it's an intense amount of stress to be in debt. Now, I wonder how many people do it with the expectation that when they get all the wedding gifts, they won't be in debt anymore. They'll be able to pay it off with the gifts, Mm. um, which I think is, eh, that that's, eh. you shouldn't be relying on like, well, when we get the gifts, like that's bad. Yeah. But yeah, I agree because you're starting off being in debt is incredibly stressful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, especially the kind of debt. It's not like you get a mortgage for it. Right. You have like credit card debt, yeah. right? It's bad debt. It's bad debt. Yes, definitely. Um, and so, yeah, I, that, that's, yes, very good. Any experience, I would say. Don't go into debt for any experience. Right. But especially starting off a partnership. Come on. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. So uh, we will be back with this group uh, next week. I mean, we're just getting started with some of them. Who knows? We might be wrapping up some of them, too. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, we get new introductions. Um, some of them might be sundowning here, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So until then. All right. See you okay, then. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye.